Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast. As always, I am John, uh, assisted by Dylan and Charlie. Hi. Hello. I was about to say, Charlie, you're just not going to say anything. Uh, anyway, uh, if you're listening for uh, Terra Flat and Gary Lowenthal, we have them locked in the basement. Or behind 15 or so minutes of uh, us talking. And once you deliver the money to the uh, to the bathroom in the bus station, uh, you'll get to see them alive again. Or uh, deliver them to MTAC. Or you can just press fast forward, and you know. No, 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 you can't do that. That we have disabled that. Yes. It's audio, man. You you can't stop the uh, signal. It's it's free. It's out there. You can fast forward it if you want. Are you a hippie? I might be. And hippies. Anyway, uh, this is going to be the last uh, voice actor interview we do for a little while, at least, at least over Skype. Um, you know, we might do some more sometime around. Oh, I don't know, maybe Easter. But yes. uh, that's that's not definite. And uh, you know, but it, it was. I would say that this experiment has been uh, a success. Yes. Yeah, more or less. Uh, anyway, before we get to the interview, uh, we do have a couple of things we want to talk about. Hey, Charlie, um, it's awards weekend. Do you have any awards you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I was trying to, to see who the rest of the winners were. There's only one that I cared about, but the, the Razzies were held, I guess, last night. Um, and not, while not sweeping, uh, the, the, the awards, the, uh, worst film of 2010 is The Last Airbender. As if that was even in question. Well, I don't know. There was a lot of really horrible stuff out there this year. Like uh, what? Well, like, other winners, I think, included uh, Sex and the City 2, Killers, Valentine's Day, Little Fockers. Uh, so there, there was a lot of crap out there. But I feel vindicated that this one uh, won the big prize. Well, see, the thing is, a lot of those movies are are not great, but they sound serviceable. Like, you go to see them just to fill time, not because you think they're going to be good. The Last Airbender, you thought was going to be good and wasn't why, even serviceable. Why would you go to a movie just to kill time? I don't know. I don't mean That's kill time. That's paying money. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know... You go I don't know. People go that. out to see movies. This is this is why I didn't watch movies as a child because you have the exact same thought that my parents had. Why do we need that? We've got cable. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, as a as just a means of wasting time, who who spends their money just for that? Actually, I don't know. I, I don't know why people go to watch movies. So, two thoughts here. One. Who really expected M. Night Shyamalan to adapt a Nickelodeon uh, cartoon and make it into a good movie? And two, uh, you know what would have saved this movie at least a little bit? Jim no, Arterton, the uh, patron oh. goddess of terrible movies. Who would she have played? I think she don't, would have. No, I, I think I think she would have had a lot of trouble with this. Don't know. Don't care. <laughs> as long as she's like. In a two-piece bikini the entire time, I, you know. As it was, that would be very interesting. That would be very interesting during the South Pole and North Pole scenes. Yes, it would. It would be far more interesting than anything else that happened during that entire movie, <laughs> except see, for Liz uh, in her various expressions throughout. That's see, what here's saved the thing. that movie for me. 
like, I guess you could do that. You could just put a woman inexplicably in a two-piece bikini in every scene in a movie, but I think you would have to go back to the 50s for that level of misogyny to be acceptable. The problem with that is, in the 50s, putting a woman in a two-piece bathing suit in every scene in a movie might be considered as showing too much skin, so you're kind of in a catch-22. See, I'm trying to bring 1950s values with uh, you know modern levels of uh, sexuality. So let's let's bring the old misogyny back, you know, with the modern sexuality. I mean, why not? Really? Oh, After I'm all, re- they're just objects. Exactly. Exactly. And, I'm and reading I, a little. Photo. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and and of course, you know, we're we're you know, we mean every bit of it. We're being completely serious. And if of you course. if you believe that, um, hey, I suggest that you go listen to the other episodes of this podcast. Indeed. I was reading uh, a little further into it, and Last Airbender, not only worst picture, but worst director, worst screenplay, worst supporting actor, and worst eye-gouging misuse of 3D. Who is the worst supporting actor? Jackson Rathbone. Who the hell was he in that? I don't know. What the hell did Jackson Rathbone ever do to anybody? He's just trying to get the check. You know what I mean? He is trying. That's... Someone said, hey, uh, you know, do you want to be in The Last Airbender? There's no way Nickelodeon would uh, let a, a studio screw this up. It's one of their biggest properties. Not that Nickelodeon has ever screwed any of their properties up. <laughs> Looking yep. at you, Invader Zim. Oh, man, that, that was actually harsh sitting in uh, one of Ricky Simon's panels uh, at The Last Awa because he... Uh, I think they just found out they were in talks to re, um, to get Invader Zim back on the air or something, and I think it like somehow it just got cut off. They just decided, no, nah, we don't want it. I don't know. That was we're, rough. We're happy with it being a uh, staple and hot topic. Yep. Anyway, um, Dylan Wells has been going on this week. I don't know. Are you expecting me to uh, say something? Because I completely forgot. I have no notes for this podcast. <laughs> I thought there would be something that you would have to uh, to throw in there, but clearly not. Um, one thing I want to talk about real briefly is uh, Dragon Age 2 demo. This isn't exactly news. It's been out for a little while, and by the time anybody actually hears this, it'll have been out for longer, but... Um, you know, we did a whole podcast on Dragon Age and uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. Uh, you know, there were le- even Final Fantasy Thirteen out of the equation entirely. Um, there were legitimate problems with Dragon Age One that I had, mostly that um, you know the technology and the fact that they went back to doing the silent protagonist thing, whereas in Mass Effect. You know, whether you play the male or female shepherd, your character had a voice. Um, it really felt, felt like they did a number of steps back. Yeah. But uh, the Dragon Age 2 demo does showcase that they've brought in that element of your character speaks. And they've also done a better job of making the rogue and the warrior more uh, more playable. Uh, as as opposed to just like I'm going to pick the mage, I'm going to nuke everything behind that door, and uh, never going to engage in combat. Yeah, 
I haven't played it yet, but when I get some time, I will probably have to sit down with it because I really, really enjoyed Drift. Yeah, um, it, the demo was actually enough to get me off the fence about buying it, and I'm I'm gonna pick it up whenever it comes out. Um, the other thing, uh, again, not exactly news because we spent so much time talking about uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three that we're sort of catching up on old stuff, but um, Hardcore Uprising, um, a prequel of sorts to Contra Hardcore, which came out on the Genesis back in the day. Uh, it's done by Art System Works, uh, published by Konami, of course. Uh, Art System Works is the same team that does, like, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, so it's got the, the heavy metal Japanese soundtrack and the anime stylings. But aside from that, it's fucking Contra, which is awesome. Cool. I actually haven't played that, but then I didn't really play any Contra on the NES. So, I, uh, I did play Contra, I just wasn't good at it. But, uh, it was that was the point. You just, you yes. just do a little better each time. That is correct, sir. That is correct. You just do a little better each time until you get the spread gun, then you blow shit up. <laughs> that's that's how that works. Um, Charlie, did you have anything else that you wanted to throw out there as far as news goes? No, I've I'm behind. I've not kept up with anything at all. Speaking of, of A, being behind, and B, just behind, um, I picked up uh, Record of Agarest War for Xbox Used the other day, and uh, that game is everything I thought it would be, and more. What type of game is it? Um, I don't know if you remember this, but like probably a year or so ago, I, uh, when they first announced this game, I posted it, the teaser image up on, up on my blog, and it was a chick trying to eat a uh, comedically large sausage. I do kind of remember that. <laughs> Did they? Was that the one where they had like a special edition of it with pack-in stuff? I'm I'm going to go ahead. Whatever you want to. I'm I'm going to go ahead because it's sort of like the Final Fantasy. Whatever you want to. The combat system is actually so really fun because it's sort of like the Final Fantasy Tactics grid-based system. Um, so, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics, this guy, which are games I'm a fan of, uh, it plays very similarly, similarly to that. But the twist is, is that, uh, each character has certain spaces, uh, around them that supporting characters around them, they become linked. If a character, if you place your characters correctly, and this is where the strategy comes in, a character with a that moves earlier in the round um, can have everybody else around him and get then is everybody can act at the same time and basically someone with a faster agility can make you, your entire team go sooner. And I've lost everybody. No? No? Okay. No, not completely. I just, like, there are so many of those games and I... I'm bad at anything that resembles competitive strategy. Strategy by itself is fine if I'm not, you know, having to take into account, uh, you know, an AI or a, another player. But uh, that, that's kind of cool. Um, 
because after hearing about that pack-in, that, that was the first place my mind went. I, uh, it's probably just another clone of whatever. But Well, here's here's the other cool part about this. You know, obviously, as, as the game's art would suggest, uh, there is sort of a dating sim element to it. Oh, my gosh. But, 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 but. This is like the, it's not quite as good as Persona because Persona's dating sim element really was in, integral to everything that you did in character development as far as in combat. But this game takes place over several generations. So your character will pick a mate, have a kid, you will play the kid, and you will repeat the process several times. So it's kind of like what Disgaea did where they had the transmutation uh, system where your character could level up somewhat and then, um, you know, pick a new class and retain some of their abilities. It's kind of like that. Only, you know, you're, you're doing chicks. <laughs> I think we may have lost Dylan. I don't know what. Showing him is busy. And Dylan's well, he's not a very, busy. He's a very busy man. He is not busy at all. That's okay. I have. Uh, I'm going to have to actually listen to this podcast because uh, I have dropped out and in so many times. Right. I think I'm the only person that uh, is going to be on the whole thing. Yeah. These things happen. You know, I'm just glad that they didn't happen as badly during the interviews. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We got lucky. Um, well, part of this is doing the, doing this on a laptop that has proven itself uh, unable to keep Skype going. Uh, Liz's? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, while we're trying to get Dylan back, do you have any comments about the uh, Tara and Yuri interview? They were really cool. They were super nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not like every... I mean... If we're honest, everybody we've interviewed has, has been really super nice about everything. So, I, I mean, it's not like, I guess I can't really single them out for that. No. Um, but, it, it, yeah, they, they, they were cool. I think, it, I think it's important to note, you know, someone more cynical uh, may say, and reasonably so, that, uh, you know, well, of course they're being nice, they've got a microphone in front of them. But the fact is, you know, our, our dealings with them have not just been limited to uh, to just on the interview itself, you know, emails and Twitter and everything that that all of our guests have done as far as you know, corresponding and conducting themselves. Uh, they've they've all just been super. So I'm and well, I mean, and I guess the fact that they said yes in the first place does say something about them. Oh yeah, because uh, you know, we're we're by no means a, a big time podcast. Um, the other thing, I, and I wish we'd had more time to talk to them about specific roles. Yeah, that that's the thing, though. Uh, you know, if anyone who listens to a lot of these interviews will know this, I try to stay away from that. Unless it's just something to where... You know, the Spike Spencer one was a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about Shinji, but not a lot. No, and a lot of it has to do with how much time you have. And, right. and with these ones we've done over Skype, um, the people we've dealt with have been, you know, pretty busy. Uh, so we've only had half an hour, and you, you just don't have time. And in half an hour, you really are just scratching the surface, I think. 
Yeah, and and I think at least with these first round, you know, if we ever have the opportunity to talk to him again, I think we'd we'd definitely do that, and we could you know talk a little bit more about specific works that they've done. But I think at least for these first interviews, it's important to kind of get to know them as people because you can go to a, to a convention or even go to YouTube and watch videos of panels that they do and listen to them talk about people's questions of a particular role. And it, it kind of devolves into the same stuff where, you know, they're going to get into questions about, you know, what was it like, you know, that doing this scene or can you yeah. say this line from the show? And we're not going to ask that. No, hell no. Um, cause it's, you know, it's not, they're, they're not jukeboxes. They're people. And, uh, the other thing is, is that I think it's just sort of, it, you're missing the bigger picture if you just ask about a couple of shows that they've done because, you know, some of the, some of the more interesting things that we've gotten to talk about is stuff that's outside of the realm of anime or video games. That's true. We've got to get a copy of their book. Yes. I, I actually, um, like just reading up on it, it sounded interesting, but once they started talking about it, uh, they actually convinced me to purchase a copy. Um, I, th- I think the other thing that's important to note is that we've got to get them to MTAC. Somehow, some way, anybody who's listening to this, uh, you know, we've, we've contacted, uh, people at MTAC. We've contacted them through email, through Twitter, through Facebook. You know, everybody, you know, but we're, we're just so many people. They don't want to yeah. hear the same voice over and over. So if you're listening to this, get on the horn, get them to MTAC. Yeah. Cause, uh, Yuri wants to see his mom. <laughs> hey man, true fact. No, it is. It is. It is. Everybody, like, whenever, whenever I, whenever, whenever, uh, whenever I say something about somebody's mom, you, you, I, I'm like, always expecting something completely different from what you just said. That's all you should. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But but this this one was exciting. Um, yeah, and I, I think every, I think everybody's gonna like it. That because it was it was fun to do and far less I think technical gaffes than than maybe the first two. Right, and I think the uh, the funniest thing about this interview is when you hear Yuri mention Mtech, it was completely unprovoked because yeah. he did, he did not know where we were from. We had not said anything about MTAC or anything to him. So he's just like, oh, yeah, I want to go to MTAC. And, of course, yeah. he started laughing. Yeah, you will hear me laugh like a jackal. And that's because uh, as he said, as he starts saying something like, um, you know, the one con I want to go to, in my mind I'm going, if he says MTAC, I'm going to lose it. If he says MTAC, I'm going to lose it. If he says MTAC, I'm going to lose it. And when he said MTAC, I lost it. Yeah. Because that was just hilarious to me. Yeah. It, it would be really cool, though, uh, to see him down there. Him and yeah. Terabo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Intech, I have to say, they do a, um, a really excellent job of getting different people out there. Yes. Uh, a lot of, a lot of conventions. Um, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing necessarily, because if you're a fan of these people, you want to see them over and over and over again. But there are a lot of conventions that will make friends with just a handful of people. And that's the only guests they'll ever have. Right. Um, 
and and it's at MTAC. I know I, I've seen it. They put forth a lot of effort um, to to get new people out there, and and I give them uh, a lot of respect for that. Yeah, and I think part of that is that you know there's it, it's one of those things that with anime voice actors, particularly the big names, there's only so many people that you can get. I mean, I could probably rattle them off to you given enough time. But yeah. uh, a lot of them have been been in the game for a long time, so they've done a lot of conventions, so they're kind of burned out on the whole thing. Some of them, yeah. 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 But then you've got a bunch that haven't even, the newer ones, that haven't even started going to conventions yet. Right. Well, even Je- even uh, Jessica Strauss had been doing this for a while now. Uh, you know, she's not exactly new to the game, but she hadn't been doing conventions. So, you know, it's it's really one of those things where you kind of have to reach out, and uh, it, it takes a lot of work, and that says a lot about MTAC. Because yeah. that's that's not their job. They don't get paid to do MTAC. It's not like uh, they're making a living wage off of doing MTAC. They do MTAC because they want to. That's true. I don't think they've got a single paid position, unless I'm just completely... Unless, like, somebody in security or something gets paid for it, which maybe they do, Um they don't. They definitely don't have a any full time staff position. Yeah, I think I think the only way you get paid uh, to be at Impact is by being a voice actor and being a guest there. That's usually the only time that works. Yeah, and it and it actually until your convention gets really really big, you don't like. Because I think how many how many paid positions does Dragon Con have? Like I think maybe one or two. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I'm I'm wanting to think they've only got like one or two people that work full time on Dragon Con. I have no idea. I think it's like the president and maybe one other person. Dylan, do you know? I have no idea. Well, yeah. A- anyway, way to add to the conversation, Dylan. Thank you very much. Hey, I just dropped out and got back in. <laughs> You've been dropped out for like six minutes. You went and had a sandwich. No, I did not. He went. He went out and had a quickie <laughs> with a sandwich. That's disgusting. No, just the uh, just the smuckers. <laughs> oh, and either he dropped out or he's ignoring us. <laughs> Little bit of both. Little bit of both. No, no, just the first one. Okay. No, the last one. Uh, whatever. First one. That he <laughs> I wonder where I'm ignoring you. He he, he got. <laughs> He got five minutes into being disconnected, and then he realized, oh, wait, no, it's ignoring them. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, so we're, just arguing. we're just splitting hairs at that point, I think. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, so I think, I think we've kept everybody from the interview uh, long enough. I, I, I think it builds up the tension. To a fever pitch. Yes, so everybody, please enjoy uh, the interview with Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoyed uh, recording it. And uh, remember, bug the hell out of MTAC. Do not let those fuckers sleep one wink until they get here. Wow. <laughs> Call them at home. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hey. oh, man. You really don't need to encourage people to uh, give uh, people who run a convention crap. I think that's yeah. kind of part of, uh, you know, that kind of happens naturally. <laughs> Although you're just directing it. Here's here's the deal. Nobody listens to this podcast anyway, so it's it's not... 
not like anyone's going to go out and do it. This is true. I'm I'm calling you out, non-existent listeners. Calling you out. That may be the saddest thing we've ever said on this podcast. You guys have been put on blast. Saddest thing, sir. You need to you need to listen through our our back catalog. <laughs> Agreed. That's probably true. I I did just spend about five minutes talking about a game where you diddle other characters in the game to make a kid and start the whole process over. You know what? I completely missed that. Yep. That was the quote unquote ignoring us part. No, no. The, the first part was was uh, dropping out. The, the uh, second part was actually ignoring you. But I uh, first one, then the other. Just didn't re- didn't reply. So anyway. Yep. All right. Well, everybody enjoy the interview. Uh, we are going to pause and come back, but not really because you know we re- already recorded the interview and this is going to be it for us. So see you next time. This is Pro Tips, presented by the Sommelier. Number six. With the zipper on the gimp mask closed, no one can hear the safe word. This has been Pro Tips, presented by the Sommelier. And we're back. And, uh, guys, I'm incredibly excited about who we've got on the line. We've got Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt. Hey, guys, how's it going? That's our our fans over here. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought there would be more. Is that weird? Right. (laughs) So, like, we we keep a a fan here chained to the desk uh, for when we do things like this. You You shouldn't say... One sad, lonely fan. (laughs) You really shouldn't say stuff like that, because you're going to start getting volunteers and stuff. Oh, no, yeah. And then we'll get misquoted, and it'll it'll be awful. (laughs) We we would never do anything like misconstrue uh, a story (laughs) to, you know, give ourselves publicity. No, but they're probably no. accepting applications right now for that position. <laughs> Contact us at podcast at chainsawbuffet.com for more details on how to become their slaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll start us off the way I always start these interviews off, which is uh, with an exercise in futility because there's always non-disclosure agreements involved. But uh, what have you guys been working on lately that you can talk about? Video games and yes. animation. <laughs> right. um, and uh, and interestingly enough, we've, with the way video games has, uh, which, with, with the way they've been going recently, we've segued a little bit into more motion capture and performance capture work. Really? So, yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, it's interesting because we, we started out in uh, theater and on camera, and then you know you go to voiceover, and it's you know it's slightly a different style of acting. You have to flex different muscles. And um, and then we sort of with the with the motion capture we get to sort of bring our our bodies back into it, uh, which is which is nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think if any of that type of work that uh, we're doing right now we can actually say we can we. Uh, I don't uh, think so, but <laughs> it's just exciting to get to to be working in another aspect of acting. You know, still doing voices and bringing characters to life that way, but mm-hmm. also doing voices and facial capture and motion capture, which is, it's just mm-hmm. nice to sort of fill it out. Yeah, and I think they they just released that that first volume of Durarara, um, which uh, which one was one of the more recent things that that I know came out that that I was working on as far as uh, anime is concerned. Oh, and Marvel um, versus Marvel um, Capcom. Capcom just came out. That's right. Uh, so you can finally like talk about that. Like two days ago, maybe. Um, I'm Tron Bon in that, so that's fun. 
Yeah, uh, I, I want to go ahead and warn you guys that um, if anything He's been goes, playing that all day. Yeah, if anything oh, goes wrong God. during the podcast, it's your fault, Karen, because I've okay. played it nonstop. Well, to be fair, I haven't played it yet, so uh, don't give anything away. <laughs> okay. Well, spoiler, a bunch of people fight. Yeah, okay. I, was, I was just going to say, a bunch of dudes from Marvel fight a bunch of dudes from Capcom. Wait, wait a second. That's not what I thought was going to happen at all. Where's the ice cream and butterflies? <laughs> No, there's no ice cream. Uh, I'm what, no, I'm sorry. There is there is Scoop Sagan does. For, oh. for those who get the reference. <laughs> nice. Anyway, are there any conventions that you guys are going to be appearing at uh, soon? Um, we don't have anything set right now. We have a tendency to go to San Diego Comic-Con no matter what. Um, but, uh, but we haven't even locked down specific plans yeah, but we are in negotiations right now with several conventions, so mm-hmm. hopefully soon we should know mm-hmm. uh, definitely and we'll be able to announce it. It's just one of mm-hmm. those things, sort of like an NDA, until you actually are signed, sealed, delivered on the convention thing. It's We've learned not to, to say we're going someplace, because then if something happens, it's just sort of, it's better to... Yeah. We're, we're actually, we're playing it a little lighter this year on the convention circuit. Uh, the last couple of years have been really heavy for us, and we got kind of burned out. Um, so we'll probably be doing fewer uh, appearances this year. Um, although I'll tell you, one place that I've been throwing us at, and and won't get back to. He's me, shameless so about it. I'm yeah. I'm sh- You know, maybe maybe the word will get through somehow through uh, this uh, podcast through Chainsaw Buffet. Um, but MTAC, which is the Middle Tennessee Anime Convention. Yes. <laughs> he wants um, to go home and visit everybody. Yeah, I'm from Nashville, and I've been contacting them for six months saying, what do I have to do? I noticed you haven't confirmed any guests yet. Um, and and nobody has gotten back to me. I'm starting to take it. He's crying. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to do for you, because I'm such a swell guy. Uh, we go to MTech every year. Um, so yeah. I know a bunch of the people that uh, work the convention there. I will get on the horn and start talking to people. You just Thank made you his day. very much. <laughs> it's an early birthday present for Yuri. Right. <laughs> hey, it'd be, a, it'd be a, a great uh, gift for us to see you guys down there. Oh, oh yeah, okay. that would be cool. It'd be, and it'd be fun for, for me to go home. So are you guys in that yeah. area? Is that where you are? Yeah, where, where's everybody based? We're Ish. based around Knoxville, which is about three hours away from Nashville. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we go to MTech every year. We go to Anime Week in Atlanta. Uh, and basically... Yeah. You know, just do the whole podcasting thing there. That's actually how we got started doing the voice actor interviews. But this this isn't about us. It's about you. So let's keep going. Okay. Right. I, I didn't mean to start asking you guys questions. Sorry, it, go ahead. It's perfectly fine. I, I just think that whoever's listening, they're like, shut up. We want to hear uh, Yuri and Tara talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, you talked about growing up in Nashville. Now, uh, I looked at up your website, and apparently you grew up in a lot of places. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it, I had I had one of those. Uh, I mean, I was sort of like an army brat minus the army, and I know Tara had sort of a similar upbringing. You just uh, stole what I always but, tell people that I'm an uh, army brat without the army, so I'm just a brat. Uh, well, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'll let her have that line. My, my dad, my dad was in the foreign service, and um, I, I grew up in Nashville. And then I moved when I was uh, eight, and uh, we went to sort of Washington D.C. area, and then he got assigned overseas, and we were in West Africa for four years, which was which was cool, and I. I went to a French private school, so I got to learn to speak French, and and then we came back to Washington, and then they moved to Morocco, so I got to spend some time in Morocco, and uh, after uh, after I graduated, I went to William and Mary, which is in uh, Virginia, 
uh, College of William and Mary. And then after I graduated, I went to Japan. Actually, I, my junior year abroad, I did in Japan. And uh, because I, I was so in love with, with Japan, I, I wanted to go and I was studying Japanese. And so it was so much fun that after I graduated, uh, I went back to Japan and worked for the Japanese government for a couple of years. And then, but, but, it, but I didn't want to be, I was sort of on track to do what my dad was doing. Um, and I realized that I, that I loved, I mean, acting had always been sort of, or not always, but since, since high school, like end of high school had been my main love. Um, and I, I didn't want to look back in 20 years and go, wow, I used to have a lot of fun doing that acting thing. I wonder if I could have really done it. And so, so I left, um, I left uh, the work in Japan after two years, moved back uh, to the States and spent the next six years in New York doing, you know, basement theater and stuff like that. And then, uh, and it was actually uh, in New York that I met Tara. We were working on an NYU grad film together. And the rest is history. Aww. Well, Tara, you said Tara, you that said you had a similar experience. What was, what was your experience? Well, I was, uh, I was born in Virginia, and then I grew up in Arizona, Oklahoma, a different part of Virginia, Michigan, uh, all over the place, mostly because my dad had a midlife crisis and went from being an aerospace engineer to being a doctor. And so my mom and I just sort of carted around the country with him as he did pre-med med school and residency. So <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's my joke is that I'm an army brat without the army. So I'm just a brat. But I thought that was very cute because I must have said that so many times. It's now in Yuri's psyche. Cause he started to say that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> She's definitely a brat. Now, Yuri, just follow up on uh, on what you're saying. You worked for the Japanese government. Are you a spy? Do we need do we need to call Homeland <laughs> Security? Um, much like the NDAs, I'm not. There's certain things that I'm not allowed to talk about. Um, <laughs> only, only you know that you have the, the old thing goes. Uh, well, if I can't uh, I can't tell you, otherwise I'd have to kill you. Right. Well, because because it was the Japanese government, I can't tell you, otherwise I'd have to kill myself. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh man. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I I did work for it was a local uh, government office. I was doing a lot of uh, interpreting and translation and working with uh, teachers who would come over on a program on the on the JET program, the Japan Exchange and Teaching Program, um, to teach in Japanese high schools and junior high schools, because oftentimes they're you know those or most of the time those teachers who were coming from Canada and the States and England and Australia, um, they didn't speak any Japanese, and so they'd go to teach in these you know, local schools in Japan, and sometimes there'd be communication breakdowns and so on, and I would I would go in and try to help him out with that sort of thing. Because he's a swell guy. Because I'm a swell guy. Well, well, that's good of you. <laughs> yeah, but, but while I was there, you know, working for the government, which was mostly, you know, bureaucratic uh, hoo-ha for the most of it, uh, we, uh, I, I, was, I was doing a lot of, like, making my own little films on the side with my friends and uh, learning, you know, Japanese styles of theater and doing like Suzuki training and putting on plays. And so I was, I was always doing that on the side and, and I realized I had a lot more fun doing that. Well, that's cool. Uh, Tara, I wanted to ask, you're a certified feng shui consultant. Is that right? I am. Uh, I'm certified in Shambhala feng shui and I'm also certified uh, as a hypnotherapist. Really? How did that happen? Uh, <laughs> It was, I, total accident. I, it was an accident. <laughs> she I she tripped, and, tripped and then I tripped yeah. and they gave me my certificate. No, uh, I've always loved learning. Uh, I know that sort of doesn't always meet on uh, warm ears. People are like, "You're weird. You're crazy." But I just I love the process of learning information, and so I'll sort of read something and I'll get fascinated by it, and then I want to learn everything I can about it. 
So feng shui was, I don't know, five or six years ago. I was reading, somebody gave me a, a book um, for, at the time I was trying to redecorate our apartment. They're like, oh, you should look at this feng shui book. So I read it and I was like, that's so cool. So I went and I found the local Shambhala Institute and I spent uh, like my evenings in class to get certified. So I did that for like, I don't know, six months. And then uh, a couple years later, uh, I decided I wanted to learn about hypnosis and the mind. And so I went to school for a year and I did that in night school. <laughs> I just, I just read comic books and play video games and watch movies. <laughs> That's what I was I'm, doing I'm while she was doing that. that. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, whatever floats your boat, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, getting back to, I suppose, what more people are, are probably interested in, although I would rather sit here and talk about uh, working for the Japanese government and <laughs> personally. You're, you're, really, you're, you're really trying to get me to admit something, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping that, you know, it'd be one of those, if I tell you I have to kill you sort of thing, so this can become like the podcast version of The Ring to where if you listen to it, you die. Exactly. And then we become famous. It'll be great. Only every person who listens to the podcast and I have to kill myself again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, so tell us a little bit about what first drew each of you to acting. Uh, sure. Uh, well, for me, uh, as a kid, uh, traipsing around the United States uh, with my parents, I thought I was going to be a doctor even before my dad decided that he wanted to go back to med school. I thought I was going to be a neurosurgeon because once again, I go back to the fact that I like learning and education and stuff like that. And so I thought I was going to be a neurosurgeon. And then when my dad started doing his med school and things like that, he was very busy and being um, sort of my dad's little girl and always doing a lot of stuff with him. He was gone most of the time. And so my mom and I started to go see plays and go to a lot of theater because my dad would be busy. So the two of us would go out. Um, and um, we started to see plays. And I saw a show. I think it was Annie Get Your Gun when I was like uh, seven years old. And they had a bunch of little kids in the chorus playing like the Indians at one point. And they were all dressed up and they were singing and they looked like they were having so much fun that I remember going, I want to do that. Whatever they're doing that's so much fun where they're singing and dancing in little Indian costumes, that's what I want to do. And so my mom, who had done a little theater when she was younger, said, well, you know, it's a lot of work. You have to audition. You might not get it. Then you have to go to rehearsal and do what the director says and learn all your lines. So I was like, I can do that. No problem. And so she said, okay, well, read the newspaper. And the next time you see uh, a classified wanted ad for the local theater, because they used to have them in like the... The, the newspaper, um, she said, I'll take you to, to an audition the next time you see an audition that you can go to. So I diligently read the newspaper for like three months. And then I saw, at the time we were living in Oklahoma, and I saw uh, an ad for Wait Until Dark, and there was a little girl in it who was supposed to be nine years old. And my mom took me to that, and I booked it, and it has been in my blood since then. <laughs> uh, and and I started, uh, started kind of late. Um, I, it was it was something that I was always sort of interested in, but I was always doing uh, sports or or you know martial arts or gymnastics, you know whatever whatever it was I was doing that was taking up the time, um, playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know those sort of things. <laughs> and uh, and and then finally I was I was it was my uh, the end of my junior year in high school. Um, I was in a play that was just part of a class. It was sort of a final project thing, and. Uh, and I did this play, and that's a whole story into itself. It was a travesty. But at the end of the play, um, this this guy who was sort of like you know king of the theater at the time in high school, he came up to me after uh, 
after I did this this little play, and he punched me in the arm, and he said, "Yuri, you penis, you should go out for plays." <laughs> and uh, and I, and and I remember those words to this day because I I was like, yeah, I I had always wanted to do that, and well, here now it's going to be my senior year in in high school. I guess I should I guess should give it a try because after that, you know, I probably won't get a chance to do it. And so I auditioned for the first show. It was a Shakespeare play, and um, and I, I I got a part in it, and I loved it. And so I did all the other shows that year. Um, and then it's been, you know, it's been I, it's been a, an obsession ever since. I mean, I've had I've had obsessions in my life, you know, things that have really you know thrilled me. Um, but I, I, it always gets to a point where, uh, you know, I get sick of it. and I want to move on to something else. And and this is the thing, this and maybe writing, are the two things that have never gotten old for me. Um, and so I guess there's something to that. Well, speaking of writing, you guys uh, released a book last year, correct? We yeah, did. yeah, we yeah. did. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What was the impetus for uh, deciding to write a book? I imagine it has something to do with the uh, 10,000th uh, uttering of, hey, how do I get into voice acting? <laughs> well, it had Funny a little mentioned. something to do with that. Uh, we used to get a lot of, well, a lot of questions from friends and from fans and from other actors that we knew, both from theater and from on-camera stuff not from voiceover necessarily, uh, asking, well, you know, how do I get into that? That looks like a lot of fun. What do you do? How does that work? Uh, all those sort of questions. And we would always try to get back to people's emails and answer their questions and take our friends out for a cup of coffee and, and go through that. But it got to the point where we just, we couldn't do it. There were too many of these things coming in. And we realized that we had been writing these long, like epistle emails where it would be just go on and on about all the things that we thought people needed to do. And so I started compiling those emails uh, because there were so many of them and so much detailed information because different people ask slightly different questions. And then, um, gosh, now it would be like two years ago, I guess, that we, that we started. started it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so basically I, I sort of turned to Yuri and I was like, you know what, we should just write a book because it's a lot of information and it seems like it's not. there's not one out there that people can get this information from or they wouldn't be asking us right. and so we basically embarked on it then just because it sort of came to us that wow there's like a hole in in there is this void and we'll have to fill it yeah so so we, we put it together uh little by little and uh while while i would be working on some of the book tara was working on figuring out how you how you you know publish a book in the first place i mean it wasn't just us you know, putting uh, words to, to paper. It was then also figuring out how to publish your own book, which was, you know, a whole nother class, you know, a <laughs> university <laughs> class that, uh, that Tara sort of figured out all that, that stuff. Um, and then uh, and we, we, we put it together and, uh, and we're proud of it. You know, people, the, the response has been really good from the people who, who have read it. We wanted it to be really fun. To, to read because we, we looked at a bunch of other books when we sort of got started putting all this together. We're like, well, what's already out there? We don't want to cover the same ground. And um, a lot of the stuff that is out there was either, you know, dated, you know, nobody talked about you know, doing work in video games. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, some of the stuff could, you know, was kind of dry. And so we said, well, whatever we do, it, it has to be, it has to be a, you know, it has to be fun and um, it has to have pictures because I don't believe in books without pictures. 
<laughs> that was yeah. Yuri's contribution. Is that it must have right. pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's how it came together, and uh, and uh, people have been uh, happy with it so yeah, far. Yeah, but it's it's been really nice too because it hasn't just been uh, friends or fans that have been complimenting us. It's been our peers as well. So it's nice to feel like people in the industry uh, that have been doing this even longer than we have. Uh, feel like it's a really solid piece of information and it's just so nice you know we get emails from people going oh my god I read your book and then you know two months later I I got my things together and I actually just booked my first job and so things like that are just really nice to to hear about because I mean that's why we did it is to help people with that, that information so yeah now for anyone who hasn't read the book what kind of information is in the book is it acting tips or is it more of guidelines of what to do um you know do, does it kind of give them a step-by-step -step process of where to go with their career or is it um more technique it's a, it's a it's a mix of all of that sort of thing it's um it's technique it's things we found that that work both from a you know, all, all the way from uh, a warming up uh, your voice to uh, getting better at, you know, reading off the page, um, you know, sort of picking up something up, reading it, you know, in your head and being able to say it out loud. It's uh, sort of figuring out how to break down a script. It's uh, how to, you know, do your demo and market yourself. It sort of runs the gamut, how to build your own, you know, put together your own booth to record uh, voiceover at home. And then because we didn't want it to be just about us, you know, sort of telling you what's worked for us, um, we wanted to, you to hear, you know, or the, the reader to hear from a lot of different people. We went to people in our industry, uh, other professionals, and asked them for anecdotes that they felt would be of value, you know, to put in the book. So we talked to other actor friends of ours, uh, voice actor friends. We talked to voiceover directors and casting people and agents and uh, engineers so, so that so that it's peppered the book is peppered with anecdotes from from those people as well um so you get a sort of a rounded a well-rounded uh, yeah so we did try to sort of hit everything but i was glad that yuri had said warm-up because one of the things that we did about uh eight months nine months after the book came out uh we realized having you know fielded a lot of emails from people and talked to a lot of people that people seemed interested in actually more of doing the warm-up. And so we just, uh, two months ago, released uh, a, a warm-up CD or MP3 where we basically lead you on a full-body vocal facial warm-up. Um, and so not only can you get the book and go through the warm-up on the page in the book, but if you're interested, you can also get the, the MP3 or CD to do that as well. Now, you're, you had mentioned having a, a passion for writing. Is there any chance that you're going to write another book in the future? Um, yeah, of, of one sort or another. I don't, I don't know if it'll be an instructional book or a, a children's book or a novel or short stories or scripts, because I've on, on one level or another, I've done all those in, in the past, and I, I enjoy it. It's just that writing takes time, and it also takes a, a, a lot of um, willpower to, you know, get up every day and write a lot. I mean, that's what writers do. They write, and then they finish what they write. 
And um, we've been so busy with with all the you know the the different things that we're doing. Playing it's been tough, right? right. Okay, <laughs> playing that takes time. It takes time. I know, I know. Um, and I mean, we started out with Fallout New Vegas. I mean, good lord. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I I I would love to keep writing. There there's some scripts that I'm I'm working on right now um, for things that we might want to produce. Um, and I've, I've just got so many ideas. There was a novella that I wrote with with, with another guy as part of a 72-hour novel writing contest, which was, that's a story in itself. That was, that was uh, amazing. But um, we finished the, the novel and uh, made it down to the, to the top 10. Um, didn't win, but, uh, but I loved the, the, the book that we had written. Um, and it, this was years ago now, but I still go back to it and go, wow, it was, you know, that was, it's, it's really fun. So I'm trying to find out a way to go back to it, maybe edit it a little bit, and then either get it out at least as something, you know, that's downloadable. Because I think it's, it's fun. I keep trying to talk him into it. Well, keep, keep talking to him. Uh, we'd like to see what he has. One that's- other thing, uh, you guys had mentioned earlier uh, talking about doing some of the motion capture work and starting out on uh, doing stage and screen work. Is that something that you guys are still pursuing, you know, working on stage and screen or has it moved primarily just to voiceover now? No, absolutely. We're still doing um, on camera and on stage work. Uh, You know, some voice actors tend to just want to be doing, uh, some actors want to, specialize and so you'll notice certain actors are always showing up on television or certain actors are always in movies or certain actors are just doing voiceover or some people are just on the stage but I think for Yuri and I there's something that we both like about all the different mediums in a way because just like you would find you know sculpture and, and charcoal and painting are all slightly different they're all different ways to express yourself artistically that, that still involved being an artist. And so I think for, for both of us, being on stage is very different from being on film is very different from doing voiceover. And I think we are fulfilled separately from those things. But yeah, we're always pursuing it. And I mean, Yuri's been on Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, and we both were on Gilmore Girls. And we actually have our own production company so that we can continue doing more films. And we have two web series. We're in pre-production on right now that are live action um and we should have um we we, we finished a film several years ago and we've been trying to get a distribution for it. the psychological thriller um but uh we've decided recently to just distribute it ourselves because that's sort of the the environment these days it's hard to get somebody to pay you for your film but it's really easy to uh, you know distribute it yourself online um so we're we're, we're taking uh, we're going to take that route. So hopefully you'll be able to see that in the near future. And um, we've uh, we've finished uh, another film that uh, your your listeners uh, may find exciting. It's called uh, Con Artists, and we shot it at conventions over the last uh, we over the course of like a year. Um, we shot a lot of uh, documentary uh, stuff, and we did scripted things as well. It's it's more of a mockumentary than a documentary. But it's all about voice actors doing the convention circuit and what a weird sort of odd thing it is. But it should be pretty fun because, I mean, we're poking fun at 
it ourselves. And I mean, we're not really yeah. playing ourselves, but we're sort of playing ourselves. We're playing yeah. these heightened, crazy versions of ourselves. It's like if Christopher Guest made a movie about conventions on the inside, right. sort of. It's, it's yeah. silly. It's, it's like nice. the movie about the dog show, the best in show. show. It's like the best in show for the like the anime convention circuit. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so we're, excited, we're excited. We're, we're, still, we're in the post-production phase on that right now. We're still, still trying to edit it down to a, to a final cut. But... Uh, but when it gets out, I think uh, I think I think people are going to dig it. It's uh, it's it's fun and it yeah. celebrates conventions. Yeah. So. Well, we'll definitely have to check that out. Now, Marvel versus Capcom three is calling me, so I'm going to have to go here. I understand. But before, <laughs> but before we do, there is one important thing I want to talk to you guys about. I know this that both of you do a lot of charity work. Mm, yeah. Uh, what charities are you involved in? We support a lot of. Uh, uh, um, I mean, we, we work with a lot of charities. Um, oftentimes, it's people come to us and like um, uh, Make a Wish Foundation, and then those sort of foundations uh, will come to us because oftentimes, you know, the kids who are doing the Make a Wish program, they, they watch a lot of cartoons, you know, or they play a lot of video games. And they want to you know, sit in on a you know a recording session that we're doing, um, and so sometimes they come to us. And as far as us going to uh, to other ones, uh, we work with a lot of breast cancer uh, research foundations. Um, there's one uh, uh, a charity called Smile Train, which yeah. uh, helps um, with the cleft palate surgeries for uh, kids in uh, in third world countries. I can't do it. And we actually yeah, just donated do a lot of money to World Vision. Uh, to, World Vision. And, and what said. they do is they actually, they put trees and pigs and ducks and goats and all sorts right. of things. Uh, they give them in, to in, people yeah, villages in villages that, that, that are in desperate need of food because it's it's mm-hmm. the idea of the whole uh, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. It's that sort of idea of their giving them and teaching them how to farm and raise animals and then when those animals have baby animals then those people then pass them on to more people in their communities and their villages and so it's it's a really cool idea but yeah, yeah we're always supporting lots of charities yeah we, it's it's nice to i mean it's a it's a really nice part of our job that that we're we're able to do that you know that that somebody would care enough for example to, um, you know, that we could, you know, sign maybe a script that we used in a session and then somebody can auction it off for charity. I mean, the, the fact that that our job allows us, you know, to, to do that is... Yeah, although is we don't really have, exciting. like, one foundation because I know there are certain people that are like, I only support the blah, blah, blah. We don't have one. We just try yeah. to support... We started, we started, yeah, we yeah. started supporting... Uh, I'm trying to remember the the name of the organization it's uh, for autism um, that we, we donated oh. uh, money at the end of the year to oh. this year. And, uh, uh, um, I can't think of it. You know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It's exciting uh, to, to be able to do that. Yeah. So. Well, guys, uh, please keep doing that. Uh, there's, there's not enough of that, so thank you for that. Um, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we will definitely try and get you guys down to impact. 
<laughs> yeah. Will you, tell them, will you tell them to monitor their website? I've been sending them. My mom, here's how embarrassing it is. I, I told my mom, yeah, we're trying to you know come to this convention because she lives in Nashville. And um, she got so excited about it that uh, she said, who do I call? I'm going to go to their website. And, you know, but it's my mom. So she doesn't know how to work a website. She's, <laughs> she get me on the phone. She'd be like, okay, I think I'm on the website. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, I can't find anything. I don't know what these people are talking about. Who do I talk to? <laughs> my mom, Let me take care of it. <laughs> Actually, they probably banned you because they've gotten 600 email messages <laughs> yeah. from here, and they're like, this guy must be crazy. Right, this couldn't, we do not couldn't want him to come guy. to our convention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much, and we hope we hope to see you there soon. Thank Excellent. you. So, so, so do we. Thanks for having us today. Anytime. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. It was great. <laughs>